It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm and all of your podcast platforms. With the one and only John Mita, I am Joe O'Donnell. We have some breaking news to start the uh, podcast, Johnny Mita. How are you? Great breaking news. It must be news to me. What is it? It is news to you, I think. It's not massive news, but uh, Jim Schwartz the, one got and fired? Only, the one and only Jim Jackson, Flyers television broadcaster and longtime yeah. member of the Phillies broadcast team, yeah. uh, just penned a letter and posted on his Twitter account. He is no longer part of the Phillies broadcast. Ah. Wow. Now, I'm pretty sure Anchor has an applause thing in here somewhere i don't want to mess with it and, and accidentally bump us offline here but uh you know i'm applauding uh you know i'm not a, a jim jackson guy i'm in the minority i get it um but i just especially on the phillies like whatever he's been the flyers broadcaster forever i'm not gonna knock him for that it's just not my cup of tea yeah i did feel bad for the man when for like two seasons every goal was another goal scored for tasty cakes or whatever that yeah awful sponsorship was like that is a broadcast nightmare um you know huge goal by claude Giroux, and it's uh brought to you by tasty cakes or whatever that promo was uh but jim jackson after 14 years i think is uh no longer with the phillies broadcast now you know it bugged the hell out of me that he would take up innings from scott fransky yeah so dear philadelphia phillies if you're going to be this cheap where Greg Murphy's got to go and Jim Jackson has to go. Again, zero tear shedded on my behalf. Please just let Fransky call nine innings. I think he can handle it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, Middleton's making cuts. I think he penned a letter to a lot of the Phillies employees that they're going to be making some cuts because the uh, pandemic. And, uh, you know, this is a sucky situation. You never want to see anyone lose their job. Um, so it's a good job with hockey, baseball. You know, just to fill in pretty much. But um, anyway, as long as it keeps his Flyers job, you know, we're all set. And, uh, you know, Middleton continues to uh, piss people off all across this this town of ours. So, and I don't think it's going to get any better. So, you know, um, I don't know what else to say. I just. Yeah. It's. I don't think you can say much else, honestly, but it is. It's another indictment on the organization. That's it. That's it. I mean, they're dragging themselves through the mud. And they have been since spring training was paused in, in March. Right. And and Middleton doesn't want to hire or get, get new people in here because he still is contractually obligated to pay the old people, which blows. So, anyway, that's a whole other subject. All right, let's it move sure on. Is. Yeah, we got a lot to get to on today's episode of the Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast. We're back off suspension, people. We're back off suspension. Oh, Joe had a little snafu. Well, listen, I've been bored, okay? So I've been on the BL Podcast account a lot as opposed to my other work account. So I've been tweeting at writers. I've been reacting to games and plays and uh, more on the Philly sports Twitter scene because of it than anything else. And Sunday, you know, we'll get to it here in a minute. The Eagles lose to the Steelers, and it was painful at best, uh, heartbreaking probably as well. And, you know, Jake Elliott lines up for the long field goal, and he misses by, what, a foot and a half to the right. And it's a bummer, but you know the game's pretty much over. And I'm on there, and I'm refreshing Twitter. It's a commercial break, whatever. And Elliott Short Parks 
94 WIP employee, uh, writes for them, provides a lot of Eagles content. And he's like, I like the aggressiveness by Doug to go for the field goal there, or however he phrased it. And I just responded with jump off a bridge. I just, I was frustrated. I didn't think it was that wrong. Uh, I got a note from Twitter. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's an offensive tweet. Oh, yeah. And well, uh, I, you're I telling re- somebody to go warm himself, Joe. You know, as your podcast partner, I am severely, utterly disappointed in your actions. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I know that's not true. And then, no. then you couldn't even finish you the can, sentence. You kidding me? I mean, I can't take the censorship anymore <laughs> and, and the softness of our country in general. But that's another subject we won't breach. But still. I mean, I didn't say he had to injure himself. Yeah. I just said jump off a bridge. I've jumped right. off the 21st Street Bridge in Avalon. That's it. Well, we all have. Now listen, if you said jump off a bridge with cinder, lo- cinder blocks in your pocket with a bag over your head, well, you know, that might be a little different. Thank you, John Mita. You're always so understanding here uh, well, on the Brother I mean, of Love podcast. Some, somebody's going to put some reason on this, on this subject. <laughs> anyway, so I removed the tweet because Twitter says you can do that. I thought that was a good sign of faith. Uh, we were 12 hours in, in, in uh, purgatory, in suspension. Yeah. We're back at it now. Yeah. And uh, I proceeded to tweet at Elliot Shore Parks the other day and apologized, told him lesson learned. I'm sorry if he found it offensive. What? And I just wanted to let him know. Do you think he reported that... you, ESP? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, really? And I just, want, I just wanted him to know that I – I should have specified there would be a raft and plenty of water underneath the bridge. Can you say candy ass on the air? <laughs> Whoops. Anyway. Um, so moving along, we've got a lot to get into, including the Eagles' disappointing loss. Yeah. We've got three, uh, three of the biggest questions from each of us facing this team, either short-term or long-term. And then we've got uh, some quick hits. We're going to bounce around a little bit. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Love fraud. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Your favorite basketball player of all time. No doubt. Um, all right, John, maybe the good, bad, and the ugly from uh, from Sunday. You want to start or you want to sure. uh, you want to bring up the rear? Sure. Uh, you know, Was it 38-29 final? Yeah, let's, let's start with the good. Um, it looks like Travis Fulgham, now we can all pronounce his right name right, he might not have been an aberration. You know, the guy has 10 catches, 152 yards, and it's, um, you know, he really showed out. And it was just great to see. It was also great to see Miles Sanders bust a long run. But then the running game disappeared. But that's another subject. But I think the good thing is Carson was being Carson. I hate to say it like that. But it just, he trusted some people. And the thing with Fulgham is he made some plays. He high points the football. He does some little things that some of these other younger wide receivers aren't doing. And, and it's just nice to see that, you know, maybe Howie found somebody off the scrap heap because we never find these gems. And maybe this guy's a player. I mean, that's the one thing I took out of it. Um, defensive, I mean, so the, that would be the good, okay? Is yeah, that, let me give you – you want your stat of the day now? Yeah, give me the stat of the day, please. Travis Fulgham became just the fourth player in the last 50 years in the National Football League. So fourth player in the last 50 years in the NFL with a 10-catch – 150-yard game within the first five games of his career. Yeah. I mean, listen. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the guy's got better numbers than our Sega Whiteside, and he was in a second-round draft pick. I mean, I think yeah. we all know where that guy should be. 
Yeah. And you're right. The the high throws from Wentz, they work for him. He he's he's proven he, at yeah. least on Sunday he'll go up and get the ball. Make a he's play. A big body. He makes a play. He catches the football. He goes and gets it. And Carson trusts him, which there's times where everyone's like, why is he holding on to the football? He's holding on to the football because A, no one's open. You know, B, nobody's helping him out to make themselves open. So yep. but this kid's doing some other things that some of the other guys aren't doing. And I think it's just, you know, from that standpoint, it looks like, okay, maybe the new Eagles wide receiver coach that they hired, you know, Aaron Moorhead, maybe he makes a good difference, which is awesome. So that is good to see. Um, The bad for me is, well, remember we were talking about overreaction. I said, hey, everyone, don't get so hyped up. I think that this Eagles defense is great because it's just not. And. Again, I think we saw they they got a little pressure early on, and then the pressure stopped. Um, Jim Short, right? And who do you accredit that to? Is that the Steelers making adjustments? Or I think the, the Steelers make, making now? adjustments because one of their, I guess, their starting right, Anthony Constanza. I don't know if he's a right guard or when he went out of the game, they were getting pressure when he came back in. But I think the Steelers just made adjustments. Again, it was second half adjustments. Early on, Ben was getting the crap kicked out of him. And yep. they were pressuring. They were, they were making him force some throws. He's throwing balls into the dirt. And then second half, he gets completely comfortable. And then they kind of figured out some adjustments. Because Jim Schwartz just doesn't adjust. You know, first half, second half, the guy's like a Neanderthal. He comes in with a stone-cold game plan, whatever this is. And then he doesn't divert from that. And, and let's let's talk about the bed. Anyway, first of all, you've heard it here first. I'm going to save for the millionth. Three millionth time, okay? Fire Jim Schwartz, okay? Fire Jim Schwartz. Not only fire him, let him take the linebacker with him. Nathan Jerry, fire him as a package deal. Because of the fact of the matter, these two guys, like this linebacker still playing, you know, the updated, my good friend Brian O'Grady, you know O'Grady, he sent us the yeah. updated Nate Jerry stats. Oh, they're the huh? worst. It gets even worse. I, I yeah, He still has not. He still has not done anything that I couldn't do. It's unbelievable. He's been targeted now, is it 23, 23 times t- for 23, 23 catches? receptions and another touch. So it's four touchdowns, and the QB rating is like 104.9 or something prolific. Uh, 154.6. Target. Yeah, it's basically a perfect passer perfect rating. Perfect passer rating. Okay, this is your starting Linebacker. And he's defending him in press conferences. Uh, how can you defend this guy? And, and let's 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 also go and you, Do you remember when remember when they cut Zach Brown last year after the Vikings yes, game? And I was befuddled. Yes. Yes. Right. But like the precedent is there. If somebody's not getting it done or they're a bad apple, get them the hell out of here. What are we waiting go for? Go trade for somebody. There's guys available. Like I like Denzel Perryman. He basically, they drafted the stud linebacker San Diego or Los Angeles from Oklahoma. He's available. There's got to be someone available. I can't understand, but let's talk about the article you sent me, that we have allocated $3.8 million to the linebacking court. And let's keep in mind, people, a stat that I heard from Zach Berman, the writer for The Athletic that covers the Eagles beat you know, for The Athletic. He literally said that our long snapper, yeah, I will say that one more time, our long snapper, <laughs> Rick Lovato, makes more money and salary than any linebacker on our team. Yep. 
And he's on the field, what, six, six plays, plays a game? Again. Can you say, Houston, we have a damn problem with allocation of resources? Why, why, why does this team and this front office think that, that linebacker is not, is not a good position? And then Jim Schwartz goes and throws, goes and throws Doug under the bus. He says, well, it's the head coach's job to call timeout. Well, listen, if you don't have the right personnel on the field, then you need to call timeout. Doesn't matter. Because that was the one play that changed the com- the entire complexion, of the entire football game. That put the stamp, that put the nail in the coffin. And you had Nate yep. Jerry guarding the guy, Chase Claypool, that has basically eviscerated your entire defense. You don't think it would have been a good idea to have a safety? You know, all the times they were talking about, okay, making your safety, that middle-type linebacker, that, do you know what I mean, that high pro- Position that that Malcolm Jenkins played. Well, not well, yeah. why not put Kayvon Wallace on him? He played corner, safety, and linebacker every position at Clemson. Like put somebody out there. You know, Jim Schwartz sucks. All right, I, I'm just gonna say he stinks. He sucks. He needs to be fired. I, I don't know what else more to say. You know, I, I I can't take it anymore. And his dumb explanation, the. Well, you know, if Nate, uh, you know, if he shades there, uh, uh, you didn't think they would go over the top and the coverage by Nathan Gary, the coverage, Joe, I'm pretty sure I could backpedal a little faster than what he did on that day. He almost fell over and he wasn't, wasn't even moving. Even move- it was, that was the most embarrassing coverage I've seen from an NFL player and me watching the NFL for 33 34 years. Whoa, hang on, Carrie Williams. Carrie Williams. I mean, that's there's, I mean, the, the, so, so I'm, I want to challenge all of our did, listeners. Did I have Nate Cherry on the podcast. bus? Did I have Nate Cherry on her bus? I right, think he so. He better be on the bus because if he went on the bus, we could get an extended well, he'd bus. be the hood ornament. Okay. I put Nathan, <laughs> Gary, Jerry. I think I did because I white snake. I did go for it. He's got to see. All right. I'm sorry. I can't take um, listen, I got a challenge for all of our listeners, all right? The challenge is next time you watch an Eagles game, whether it's Sunday against the Ravens, whether it's a Thursday night game against the Giants, after you've heard this, please spend a couple of minutes, okay? Spend a couple of minutes and watch 47, in particular when the Eagles are on defense. Because I gave myself that pleasure on Sunday in the beginning of the Steelers game, and he is in the A-gap, Lined up like he's going to blitz. He's standing up and he's bouncing around and he's faking the blitz. It's just atrocious. It's just atrocious. Because then he doesn't blitz. He backs out three steps and they throw it right over his head. He was just freezing on play after play after play, just like he did on the game-winning, essentially game-sealing touchdown. So do yourself a favor. Have a vomit bag next to you. Watch Nate Gary in particular on the Eagles defense the next time you watch an Eagles game. And and it's it's just a real treat. He is lost. He has no confidence. How could he? He hasn't done anything, anything positive. And he continues to be put out there. He's probably scared. He's probably wishing that he would go to the bench. Because when you're in that role as an athlete and you know you're not performing, the last thing you want is opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's I can't take him anymore. I I, I just I, I I there's many people in this defense, but here's the deal, right? So as your linebacker, right, your job is to basically like when it comes to the run game, it's it's basically shedding blocks, and then you you shed blocks, 
and then you attack the football. These guys get swallowed up because they're 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 undersized and and they're just and they don't move great laterally. I mean, Duke Duke Riley had a nice game. I don't know if you know it. He had twelve tackles. I don't know what his injury status is, but again, he didn't practice, he didn't practice today. Okay, but but again, we had a guy L.J. Fort that then the Ravens suck up, and now he's a starting linebacker. So like the evaluation process. And if I didn't make the people that are listening to this great podcast sick to their stomach, let me tell you about the other caveat. It turns out that possibly maybe Howie Roseman also makes the decision on who's active and who's inactive on game day. Now, if that doesn't make you want to throw up and lose your lunch, I don't know what does. Because the problem is this guy's probably continuing to make the players active that he had a part in drafting, even though there's other players on the football team that would do a better job and that have done a better job. So, and people also need to know this, that Howie Roseman was the person that hired Jim Schwartz. So Doug didn't have the pick of his defensive coordinator. That selection was made by Howie Roseman. If that's not going to cause some fracture in the relationship, you also look at, Two of Peterson guys that he hired got jettisoned, and then he had to pick some new ones. It's just that I think there are bigger problems going on with this football team, and it's and it might take a year to to to, to fix this mess. Well, listen, I'll add this. Uh, just not that I want to go off right. on a tangent here, but you look at the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones is the owner and the GM and everything. He's way too involved. It, it scares me that our general manager and Howie Roseman might be too involved because that is never a good st- situation. Stay in your lane, do your job, let the coaches coach, let the players play. If Roseman's making, you know, who's active and who's not active on game days, I mean, is he sitting in the film room too? Like that, that's concerning for me. You, do you have an ugly John media? He gave us a good ugly? or bad. Um, anything you want to throw into the ugly category? Hmm. Ugly. Yeah. Jim Schwartz, okay? No, <laughs> that's it. I mean, the, the ugly, I mean, it's just, well, I mean, I'll tell you what an ugly play was, and it just goes to show it's the lack there. You know, John Hightower makes a good catch. He doesn't get out of bounds. They would have they needed yep. that timeout. Again, that's just a young rookie mental mistake with more seizing he'll get, but it, it could have been a play that, you know, could have, we maybe have been able to get some points out of the deal. I mean, uh, I mean, ugly. Yeah, the Eagles' defense giving up thirty-eight points. Like I hate it. You know, the goal in every game, the great Jim Johnson, his goal every game was, hey, our goal is to give up seventeen points or less. You do that, you're going to win a lot of football games. And yeah, and listen, I as that game was moving along, and the Steelers were at seventeen points at halftime, and then they get the early touchdown in the third quarter. I'm thinking, there is no way the Eagles yeah. are going to win this game. Because to score 30 points to win this game is not, is not the recipe for success. Now, they almost did it. I give them credit. They fought back. After the uh, interception, the, the ball intended for Ertz, which was also an ugly play, you know, I was just like, game over. Now, I give them credit. They fought. They got back into it. You have to, you know, there's a moral victory somewhere in there, some silver lining. But definitely just very disappointing the way the game ended. Uh, and for stretches of the game, again, the frustration, the penalties, the mistakes. Uh, the high tower can't catch the ball in the end zone before halftime. You mentioned yeah. it can go out of bounds. Um, you know, the Eagles wasted a timeout with like six minutes left. It was first and goal. They're at like the one yard line. What do you need to use the yeah. timeout there for? Just take a one yard yeah. loss or, 
you know, you get stuffed at the line of scrimmage. You still have three feet to go for a touchdown. Instead, you wasted a timeout. They eventually got in the end zone. But that timeout would have been pivotal late in the first half after the Arthega Whiteside miracle catch, in which case he didn't even know what to do. He got up and started to celebrate. Dude, time's running out in the half. Like, yeah, oh, he's, um, he's cool. yeah, I mean, the, um, the ugly, you know what the ugly is for me is seeing all these players that we could have drafted that would have been on our roster oh. that are making plays all over the National Football League. The other ugly thing is, you know, jettison corners, Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones, and I get it, it was probably none, but it just goes and makes you wonder. These guys are starters for their football team right now, and that in corner is a position other than big play slay. You look at our other defensive backs, uh, there's nothing really to get excited about. That's all I'm saying. It just pisses me off to high heaven. Yeah, and I would like, if it's possible, the NFL to stop scheduling games where we can watch firsthand where somebody that the Eagles passed up drafting uh, would slaughter us in person. Like, I'd rather watch it from afar than every week it feels like, oh, did you know the Eagles took this clown instead of this guy that now has four touchdowns? Yeah. Um, I mean, God, it's just if it, it just drives the stake in a little bit further. All right, I got some good, bad, and ugly. The good, you, you touched on Fulgham. You touched on the Miles Sanders run. Uh, but, again, Miles Sanders at eight freaking carries halfway through the third quarter. And I know on, you take out the 70-some-yard run, he only had 10 carries or 10 yards on, like, his other eight carries or whatever. But I don't care. I don't care. Who's to say he wouldn't have busted another one? It just drives me insane. He is your best playmaker. Please give him the ball more often. Swing passes, screen passes. I don't care. I watch, again, I sound like a broken record. You watch the Saints. You watch the Cowboys. You watch these other teams with prolific running backs, and they have a wheel route or a swing pass out of the backfield for their running back. It's not hard. Eventually, at some point you call that play, the guy – Said player, said talented running back is going to be one-on-one with a linebacker. And I'll take my chances with Miles Sanders catching a four-yard pass with a running back four yards from him on the chance to turn that into a 20- or 30-yard game. I don't get it. The bad for me, the third-down defense. Missed tackle, soft coverage. Uh, LeBlanc missed the tackle. The next play is a 50-yard jet sweep. Uh, uh, penalties, unbelievable. The soft coverage on, you know, you have your best cornerback in Slay 10 yards off the receiver on a third and 11. So what's he do? He gets the first down. Uh, the miscommunication on defense. They lined up four guys against our three guys on the left side of the field. Quick math tells you you're in trouble. Roethlisberger takes a snap. He, the ball's out of his hand in less than a second, and they have a couple of blocks. Claypool walked into the end zone. Like, what are you doing? Call a timeout. Make an adjustment. If you look on that play, I went back and watched that play. I don't know why. I must be a psychopath. But there were Eagles players motioning all over the place, and nobody moved. There were like five guys with their one fist in the air doing this like motion up and down, which had to be a signal for somebody else. Nobody even moved over to that side of the field. Like Ben Roethlisberger is a veteran quarterback. He can count. He might not be able to do a lot of things, but he can count. Four Steelers, three Eagles. Hmm, where am I going with the ball? That, that game-stealing touchdown. He audibled at the line. As soon as he got to the line of scrimmage and started barking out things, I was like, we're screwed. 
I just knew the Eagles were screwed. And I think all of us did because he saw something. He saw the defense. He's, he, 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 it was like a chessboard to him. Okay, I'm going to have Claypool go here. This guy's going to go here to hold the safety. Touchdown. And it was like the Eagles just sat in whatever they had. And the result was almost inevitable. Um, the misdirection keeps killing this team. It has all year. The Jets sweeps. I mean, if I'm an opposing coordinator, I am, mo- I am doing as much of that motion, pre-snap motion, handing the ball to wide receivers as possible. They're getting gouged like no team in the league. Unbelievable. On the ugly side of things, that interception to Ertz. I don't know what's wrong with Zach Ertz right now, dude, but I, am, I have now hit the trade Zach Ertz as soon as possible camp, and I, I'm not going to back down off that. His body language is terrible. His effort on that ball was unacceptable. Yes, he got bumped six yards off the line of scrimmage. Should have been illegal contact, but he did nothing. Like, he knows that ball is going to go on the slant spot. Like, that's where Wentz is throwing it, with or without Ertz being there. Unfortunately for the Eagles, he wasn't there. Uh, the refs, awful. Like, so many phantom calls on both sides. I just couldn't handle it. And the first down offense, what the hell? Like, it is just, there's no creativity. They're not getting any yards. It's constantly second and long. And we know at that point, they're in trouble. And then lastly for me, you know, going for two points after the Greg Ward touchdown, I know they converted it. It's just annoying. So dumb. Stop trying out smart, everybody. I just drives me crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bizarre, man. It's like playing for, well, then I'll have two cracks at this. Just, just. To... Well, listen, if, listen, if, if that play was that good and it was guaranteed and yeah. all you need is what, four well, yards? Why not save yeah, it for yeah. a third and four or a third and six? If that plays exactly. your money play. And again, they got Wentz out of the pocket and they didn't do enough of that in Sunday's game. They didn't do enough of it. Um, listen, I charted. I went back and watched. The Eagles got the ball with 6.19 to go in, in the game at their 45-yard line. And it was after the Ebron fumble. Uh, Duke Riley, by the way, got hurt on that play. First down was a slant to Greg Ward. I sent you the screenshot. It was pass interference all day. It was incomplete. They end up getting nine on the next play or whatever. Hightower gets the first down, so whatever. But at that point, the Eagles weren't going to get any other calls because that phantom offensive pass interference on the Steelers' previous series, you just knew the Eagles weren't getting any more calls. Then they go the QB sneak with uh, Hurts on the misdirection, right? So eventually they get the first down. you got five minutes left. It's a first down play. John Vilma, the rookie broadcaster and former linebacker, is like, maybe they can run it here, take some time off the clock. What's he do? Calls for a passing play. It's a sack, two-yard loss. And Richard Rodgers was open in the flat, but – Wentz was trying for a deep shot. Like, the play calling has been driving me insane. And then the Steelers – it's just – I mean, you watch that sack. They rushed the four against six. Ertz was in the backfield. Uh, Boston Scott was in the backfield. Like, it should never happen. Like – it's just so frustrating, man. In these big plays, you've had the Bengals game and the Steelers game where the ball's been around that midfield area. They've had plenty of time. They've had the momentum. They've had a chance to basically win the game, and they haven't been able to get essentially 20 yards to make it a makeable kick. Yeah. Right? In the Bengals game, they had it twice. 
in overtime in that same area. And it was penalties and drops, and, and here it was just nothing. There was nothing. And I don't think there was a Miles Sanders run. So that would be three, six plays against the Bengals, nine plays against. So I, I don't think there's a Miles Sanders run in those nine plays. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. He just, Miles Sanders, it. apparently in the second half, just seems to disappear from everything. I, I, again. They did throw him the quick screen. He got seven or eight right. yards. That was after the sack. Right, so now you're third down with just under four minutes left on Sunday against the Steelers, and they try the slant to Fulgham. He was short of the sticks, by the way. It appeared there was pass interference. They're not going to get that call, and then you have the missed field goal, and essentially it's game over. But yeah, it's just oh, it just it doesn't get any easier, man. And Sunday's going to be even you know more difficult because Lamar Jackson he's going to be looking to expose those linebackers, whether it's with his legs. Or short passes to Andrews is tight end all day 100%. long. Absolutely, 100%. There's no doubt about it. All right, Johnny Mita, you want to go on the uh, fly or the quick, quick hits? hits? All right, quick hits, brother. We got a bunch of them. Uh, oh, sorry, we got the three questions. Uh, these are sort of rhetorical. We don't need to answer them. Three biggest questions facing the birds right now, uh, short-term or long-term. Here are my three. Is Fulgham legit? You and I talked about. We're going to find out. I think Sunday went a long way to getting a lot of fans hyped, but it's a big, it's a big what if still, I think for this team, if he is legit, whether it's a number one, two or three wide receiver to get him off the scrap heap, if he can contribute on this team, not just Sunday against the Ravens, not just for two or three more weeks, but literally for the rest of the season, I think that's, you know, that's going to be massive for this football team. All right, so question number two for me, John Mita, uh, after Tra- Travis Fulgham, and is he legit, and will he pan out more than just a couple of weeks here? Is uh, another sort of burning question for the birds that I have is, what can Lane Johnson give you? You know, we've seen him go in and out of games now. The ankle has gotten another opinion. Uh, I'm sort of at the camp where, you know, I know this is a big game for the Eagles against the Ravens, but if they sit him and sit him Thursday against the Giants on the short week, who you should be able to beat with me and you, playing offensive tackle, then he get 10 days more rest after that. Like, I guess what, you know, what can Lane Johnson give you is, is another big question for the birds right now down the stretch or as this season moves along. And I wouldn't be opposed to him sitting out a couple games again, given the short week after the Ravens game into the Giants game. And then the long sort of like almost, you know, extra bye week there from that Thursday night game. And then finally for me, can this Eagles team stay alive until the bye week? both health and record-wise, can they go into the bye with some momentum, come out of the bye, and hopefully make a run at what is a terrible NFC East division title? Your three questions for the Birds. Is Jordan Maliata the new starting left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles when when Jason Peters comes back? Yep. Um, do you then switch him to right guard, which he was actually paid to play, even though he's also getting paid like a tackle? That's a big question. Um, the other question is, will will we be buyers and sellers at the deadline, I mm. think? I mean, that's going to be a huge question. Like, where are you? Where do they think they are? I mean, do you get rid of some assets and people that still have some value? Again, we all know that they'll probably screw the damn picks up, but <laughs> I think that's a huge question. And where are you getting rid of – like? Because these younger guys are playing better, do you even let Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson take the field for you again? I mean, yeah. I don't know. 
I again it's and another question would be, do you have any interest in signing Le'Veon Bell? No, hang on. You don't get four questions. You don't get right. four. You don't like get three. Right. No, All seriously right. though, let's let's I want I want you to answer that last one. Um I know we we kind of said rhetorical and not really gonna answer him, just lobbing him out there for the listener. But you know, what do you think about Alshon and Deshaun? They're back and healthy, they're practicing. When that time comes, do they automatically get the majority of the snaps? Well, I mean I don't know about majority. I think it's a nice mix, but I think if you're going to be sellers at the deadline, I think you got to start playing them a lot more just to see if they can show some value, and then maybe you'll be able to get rid of them. That's right. what I mean. All right, let's go to our quick hits, and then we'll wrap it up with On the Fly. Uh, Sunday, fans at the link for the first time. Um, I was going to actually pose before this news broke sort of a question to you. Do you know anybody that went Sunday to Pittsburgh? I don't. Uh, I'm wondering what an NFL fan experience is like in 2020. I, I haven't talked to anybody that's been to either Kansas City or Dallas or any of the spots are allowing fans. More stadiums are starting to do it. Uh, your thoughts on fans at the link on Sunday? Um, I think it's going to provide a boost for this football team. I think they're the one football team that struggles without that type of energy. I thought maybe because there was um, you know, fans in Pittsburgh negative, the negativity they might feed off of. So I, I think it'll be a big help. Obviously it's not going to be the same when you got 66,000 roaring inside Lincoln financial field, but I think it'll help. So it, uh, it, it sucks that, that we're, you know, at least we can get some back. I heard right. um, the, the, pre- uh, the president today, team president, what's his name? Don Smolinski. Yep. I think he's imploring if they can do this in a safe, um, you know, socially distanced manner uh, that maybe they could get some fans in for the uh, Cowboy game, which All right. more fans. So, I, yeah, I think as a season fun. ticket holder, what have you yep. heard from your rep? What are your options? All right. So as a season ticket holder, we made the decision, me, you know, your brother-in-law and the, and the rest of the family. C-16, we decided to opt out. So even if tickets were made available because of the changing pandemic, we have no right to purchase tickets. So if you opted in, that means that you're available to get in the the lottery window of being able to buy tickets. So you have an hour and a half to decide, okay, I opted in. They give you a time. You have an hour and a half to decide if you want tickets to come into the game. Or you could buy tickets you know, for five weeks down the road, maybe sure. in a different game. So, so essentially, if you wanted to go to the game Sunday, you're just like Joe Schmo going on StubHub or whatever. You have no priority at this point because you guys opted out. Correct. Which, okay. I'm, which I'm totally fine with, dude. Yeah. I, I, I want the experience. I, I don't want to be 20 rows from my friends. Hey, did you see that great play? Like, no, I, you know, stop. I, you know, I want, if I can't have the whole, because like there were rumors going around saying that basically that the Eagles would then get to pick your like they would get to pick your um um like they would get to pick what games you go to. Well, no, right. no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not cool with that either. Like, All right, you no. mentioned Le'Veon Bell a second ago. He's part of yeah. our quick hits. Sure. Uh, should the Eagles reach out? Um, absolutely. You can get them dirt cheap. The Jets owe them so much damn money. I, why not? Because what what have Boston Scott, Corey Clement, uh, any other person that they have on the roster shown you? 
you know, if you don't want to wear Miles Sanders out, if you can get this guy on the cheap, he's a good receiver out of the backfield. He, you could, you could do a lot of things with him. I know the guy's a bit of a loose cannon, but crap, at this point in the season, what does it matter? Like, yeah. I think, I mean, it's all hands on deck. Just like bring on back the old receivers that get healthy. We could use anybody right now. Anybody that can help this football team, I'm all about bringing them on board. The Lakers win another title. Uh-huh. Uh, your thoughts on the NBA bubble, the, uh-huh. the final series, and sure. any take on your boy LaFraud, James, as you call him, and yeah. Jimmy Buckets Butler that you'd like to share. Yeah. Um, listen, thought the NBA did a nice job with the bubble. They were able to crown a champion. You could call an Astros championship. Listen, it was a championship. They won the amount of games that had to be done. Okay, people, they want to, you know, let's just keep in mind now, the, the two teams that wanted to opt out after all the things going on with the, social, with the social issues in this country were the Lakers and the Clippers. The Clippers obviously really didn't want to be in the bubble because they got ousted early. Um, LeBron James, congratulations. You won your fourth title with uh, arguably another top five player in the NBA and Anthony Davis. So, Anybody wants to tell me, ah, you know, he, he's got to be in the conversation. No, the guy's four out of ten in the NBA Finals. Everybody's like, well, you know, he carried those Cleveland teams, you know, to, to the – you know, those Cleveland teams. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, he carried those Cleveland teams when the East was a bunch of garbage. You named me <laughs> three good teams in the East when he was carrying Cleveland to the title. I mean, was Boston any good then? The New York Knicks have been suffering for the last 25, 30 years. The Sixers didn't really become legitimate until the process took its course. So I don't want to hear like all these great things have done. And if people really want to look at the debate, I want you to Google this. There's an article written. Anybody wants to get at me and talk to me about this entire subject about, um, you know, who's the best – I want you to Google Michael Jordan's 25 best teammates of his entire career. And it's up there. And it talks about some of his teammates when he joined the Washington Wizards as an owner slash player. I I want you to look that up. And you look up all the players that LeBron has played with. And keep in mind, he won two championships, okay, in Miami when he was the number one pick. Dwayne Wade was the third overall pick. And Chris Bosh happened to be the fifth overall pick. Not to mention, then they bring on a guy like Ray Allen, who might be, in my opinion, arguably the best shooter in NBA history, probably. Now it's probably going to go to Steph Curry. But still, it's just in, in LaFraud. And for this guy to walk off the court, the guy was such a sore loser on Friday night. Thank God I was at a, the beautiful wedding of Mike and Colleen Ozick, the great married couple now. Thank God I didn't get to see him walk off the court like a baby, like Isaiah Thomas. You got your dirt kicked in by a fifth seed in the East, and they stole two games. If he was so great, they would have swept the Miami Heat. It never would have went six games. And let's just keep that in mind, people, all you LeBron lovers out there. Okay, Michael Jordan never went to a game seven in the NBA Finals. What does that tell you? Pure domination. I don't want to hear it. I mean, congratulations, LeBron. <laughs> you you won another title, you know? And then he wants to claim himself like, well, I'm the greatest of all time. 
when he made that block in the series. Well, you know, if, if Draymond Green, you know, if he didn't kick you in the, in the groin, okay, then maybe that game never would have taken place. So give me a break with this self-proclaimed LeFron. I can't take him. I hate the fact that every time the guy gets fouled, all he does is bitch and complain. I've never seen a player on the court bitch and complain about foul calls. They literally had the nerve and the audacity to write the NBA saying they weren't getting enough foul calls when they were in the Denver series. Keep in mind, in game one, okay, Denver had 20 fouls called on them in the first half. That is extremely high for any NBA game. All you need to do is look at it. Do you know what that means? That means four out of five starters had five fouls in the first half of that game. Keep that in mind. Yet they wanted to write a letter to the league. Cause it, and he drops his shoulder every time he goes. To, I, I can't stand the guy. You know, I can't tell. I can't tell that you're upset well, about Well, this. listen, listen. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to tell you he's not a top three player of all time or top five. He's in the top five. I get it. But please, stop comparing him to the GOAT. Because there's only one goat. And Stephen A. Smith, as much as I have uttered disdain for that man, okay, he said it best. <laughs> there is nothing LeBron can do. No matter from here, he could win six titles, seven, eight titles. He will still never be. And he said, you got to go back to the era. Like how the physicality when Michael Jordan's player, if you sneeze on players today, fouls get called. Sneeze on them. You were able to hand check back in the day. Guys were getting murdered. Some of the flagrant frowns that took place in the early 90s, d- dudes would have been ejected all over the floor. It- it's yeah. just a joke. Anyway, sorry. Okay. You're fine. I know you wanted that time. I'm glad you got it out of your system a little bit. Oh, God. And I can't wait till the next time oh. it comes up on the Brotherly oh, Podcast. Yeah. It's going to come up. Uh, not much action on the Flyers on the free agent front as we move on to our final couple of quick hits here. They do sign Eric Gustafson, a left-shot defenseman. Oh, I think – I think more moves are to come. I think they're going to be via trade. Flyers fans, calm down. This is a team on the rise. They've got a great farm system. they got a young goaltender. They obviously were one of the best teams in the league last year. Um, I read a great piece. Again, Charlie O'Connor for The Athletic does an awesome job covering the Flyers, and he's very analytical, and he does a lot of research and numbers. The Flyers right now, if you look at some of those, uh, because we're in that era, uh, if you look at some of the uh, the models, the analytical and statistical models, right now with their roster on paper, they're predicted to have like 97 points. And this is the model that picked the Lightning to win the Stanley Cup last year. This isn't some, uh, you know, Nintendo 64-like uh, garbage uh, system with analytics and computer data. This is, this is the nerds crunching numbers, and, and the machine spits out how good every team is, and the Flyers are right there, upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. So... Don't panic, Flyers fans. Chuck Fletcher knows what he's doing, and I expect him to be more active as the season nears. Again, there's a lot of uncertainty with the cap, um, revenues, all those things. So some teams just sort of have to hold pat right now on the Flyers um, for whatever reason, decided that it's kind of keeping it on the DL and not making any drastic moves was the way to play out the early portion of free agency. And the MLB playoffs, my friend, we're about to have a World Series, and I just got to say this. If we watch in back-to-back seasons after acquiring Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto, if we watch the Washington Nationals and then the Atlanta Braves win the World Series, I'm going to puke. And that's all I got for you. That sounds good. I'm good on uh, talking baseball right now. I'm not even watching. 
<laughs> uh, on the fly. On the fly. You want to start or wrap it up? I, 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 yeah, I want to just give you a quick on the fly. So now that, yep. you know, I'm a single guy, Joe. So, you know, yep. I'm on these dating sites. You know, you can laugh at me, mm-hmm. listeners. It's kind of funny. Um, but, like, obviously you are married to a lovely Eagles fan. Would you be able to date? No. Another, right? <laughs> right? I hear you. Like, first of all, can never date a Dallas fan. I mean, never. never. I mean, definitely not. Definitely not Pittsburgh either. So those two Giants. I'm like, eh. no, no, no. How about Red? Stop. All right, stop. Any other We're moving team? on. All right, okay. My question for you: Don't ever, don't ever bring this up again. <laughs> You've upset me. Oh god. Of the following Eagles from 2017. Oh god. Who has soured their reputation in Philadelphia the most? Alshon Jeffrey, uh-huh. Jason Peters, or Zach Ertz? I mean, it, it, it's got to be Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, he was such a big part of 2017. And then all the turmoil with the, sw- the snitching that comes back. Nobody even wants him back. I, I would say Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, Peters is up there too, though. Zach Ertz. No, I, I can't. I mean, he's having a. T- he's headed down a path, though, uh, man. He's he's getting there, but those other guys, I would say, are in the front of the car, so to speak. Well, good good potential news for the Eagles. Will Parks, the safety they signed this summer, oh, here we go uh, from Denver, yeah. is activated and been pra- in practice today. So that's a good sign. Hopefully, he can contribute. He's a Philly guy. He's been chomping to play for his hometown team. So maybe we we'll get a little positivity there. John, Meter, your prediction for Sunday against the Ravens? Uh, prediction is what? Um, that's a good one. Lamar's been struggling lately. People don't know this, but he's had the lowest completion percentage, the lowest. He's kind of been in a funk, even though they're still winning games. I don't know. I think the fans get the the place electric. I think the Eagles find a way to sneak one out. 27-23. I don't know how. Okay. I like it. I don't know much about the Ravens' D. I'm going to be upfront about that. Yeah, they're pretty damn good. I'm going to say the Eagles find a way for to to scratch out 24 points, and they finish with a 24-24 tie on Sunday against Baltimore, giving them one win, three losses, and two ties. And then I will be jumping off the bridge instead of Elliot Shore Parks. All right. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> that pretty much does it for the Brother of the Love podcast. John Mita, you're a legend and a goat if you date a female and she doesn't like the Eagles or roots for someone else. I think you know where I stand. Godspeed, my friend. Thanks for doing this. You got it, buddy. Always a pleasure. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll hope to get this up so you can at least laugh at me, Joe, (laughs) Twitter, the censorship, everything Uh, that we bring to the table. Yeah, we, we did have a lot today on the brother love podcast. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Go birds till next time. We'll see birds.